and welcome to another exciting episode of the Why I Love Disney podcast. My name is Dustin. I'm here with my pals, David and JD. What, what is up, fellas? Hey, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's <laughs> raining like a monsoon here, too, and hopefully we don't get flooded out too much. But, um, hey, man, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. The weather is kind of like feeling a little – you get a little, little hints of spring – and um, and and for us up here in Tennessee and Kentucky, that matters to JD. It's always summer and and sunny and nice. Here. So I don't even want to hear about it. You guys just need What's to come that? here. That's what it is. <laughs> yes, we do. You are right. It, if we weren't didn't have such obligations, we would be right there with you for sure. But man, it's been a good week. How about you guys? Pretty good. Can't good complain. Week. JD, I hear you went. You had an extra good week. You and your wife, you spent some time in the parks. Yeah, again. it was a crazy one. So we actually spent this past weekend, and we needed a little, a little getaway from classes. It's been a, a crazy semester, so we planned this St. Augustine weekend. Uh, went, went to go see a concert, and our plan was to go see the concert on Friday, and then drive to Orlando on Saturday. Um, and then go to the parks on Sunday. And then we also had a Magic Kingdom reservation for Saturday. So go there that night. Just a pretty relaxed, uh, simple trip because we have those annual passes. Um, okay. Yeah. Time out. What concert? So it's actually, I'm not a huge fan, but McKay's a huge fan of jazz. Um, so it's Count Basie Orchestra. Um, really classical. Okay, cool. um, it was actually in this amphitheater in this park. And it's this big orchestra. And they, they used to perform with. Uh, Frank Sinatra and some big names, and they've just been around for a really long time. Uh, so it was a really cool atmosphere. Uh, we found the tickets, uh, so we were like, "Why not just make a whole trip out of it?" And it was actually really fun. It was a good time. Was that yeah, in St. Augustine? Yeah, that's where it was. Dude, had you been to St. Augustine not, before? Which is why I, I really wanted to do it. It was beautiful, dude. I, I, St. Augustine is one of my favorite places yeah. in Florida. Like it's fantastic. It's it's like I think is the oldest settlement yeah, in North right. America. That's right. If I'm not there's mistaken. A whole lot of history. And there's still like um dude, you you downtown is just the mm. coolest place. And it feels like old mm-hmm. Spanish Florida, you know, um you go on the ghost tours and there's the that big castle, the Casa uh, you know, it's at hotel, it's a hotel now, but the Casa mm-hmm. whatever it is and Man, that's a super awesome place to go hang out. Not what what a couple hours. Oh yeah, from it was like I think it was like something two. like that. I think it was right on the dot at two. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I got to see Flagler College, uh, which was cool. It's super historical. Yep, it's cool to just see history because I've always told McKay the one thing that you know it's fun to go to European countries because they've got such rich history and you can go to cathedrals from you know 300 400 years ago and so it was fun to kind of get to see that that aspect of history but being florida you know which is where I, my state was cool. yeah that's about as old as it gets yeah. in the united yeah. states yeah you're exactly right <laughs> it's that's really what's cool about it i love saint augustine yeah. good for you man glad y'all got a got out to do that so you went through saint augustine then moved yeah. over to so some that's when it went crazy so uh, you know, me and McKay were young, we're balling on a budget. So McKay's got this app. I can't remember the name of the app, but it's this platform where you can get hotels the day of, and you can usually get them for a pretty good price because hotels are just like, Hey, look, we've got some extra rooms. You can get a good deal. So we always kind of do that when we do just one night stays because it's simple. We don't have to worry about booking, you know, so I did all the Disney part. I reserve, you know, you have to do reservations. We did our reservations, um, we actually did be our guest on Saturday night at Magic Kingdom uh, because it's McKay's absolute favorite and they never have reservations available, um, you know, 
So okay, what is be that? Our guest what is be our guest? It's a pretty high end, um, but really fun and cool, immersive restaurant. Of course, it's themed after uh, be or Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. So, oh yeah, okay, it's, it's over in Fantasyland, yeah, right? That's right, right. And Magic Kingdom, yeah. gotcha. So it's one, okay. of, it's one of my favorite restaurants because it's so immersive, and you sit in the ballroom of uh, you know the Beast Castle, and then you have the West Wing and the East Wing. And it's really cool. Um, it's pretty pricey, um, but because of its theming, you usually can't get reservations, you know, within that thirty-day window, just because so many people want to experience it and sit in there. Um, but what I like about it is you pay that flat fee, and they give you a a choice of appetizer, an entree, and then they bring you a dessert. And instead of making you pick between desserts they give you a sample of all three of their desserts. So you get like the gray stuff, um, this like strawberry flavored macaroon, and then this dark like mousse, uh, you know, dessert, which I love because I love to just, you know, pay the price if you have to, but then just not having to worry about it, not having to look at the, you know, the different prices and just to kind of be pampered. So I love it because of that. McKay loves it because, you know, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, but we did that. That's yeah, her that's favorite, her right? That's cool. Also, Beast walks around the whole, you know, the whole time, and you know, he's there in the. He used to greet people, but now he just yeah. kind of walks around. And, and hopefully, uh, he grooms beforehand because I would hate yeah. to have shedding and hair all exactly. over a restaurant, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, um, as long as they do that, and we keep the smells, you know, the pet smells out, you know, yeah. I'm cool. <laughs> but so we did that. Good thing we did that because the parks were absolutely insane, like crazy lines. Um, crazy everything. We actually got to ride some good rides because we were just like, we're not going to watch the fireworks. So as people were doing fireworks, we, you know, rode some rides. But so we tried to get a hotel and that whole day, like since like the morning, we'd been looking at all the hotel um, websites, you know, calling, doing anything and just nothing's available. And we just have two people. I mean, we just need one standard room, as standard as you can get. We look at, you know, um, the La Quintas, we look at the Days Inn, we even look at the motels, but then we even look at like Disney resorts to see if just anything's available and nothing's available. And the only things that we did find, um, were like, because there was such a scarcity of rooms available, hotels were spiking the prices to like $500 for like moderate holiday inns. I've never seen anything like this. I've never wow. seen anything like this. So we sure. And Orlando is a place of abundant exactly. hotel rooms. So you like, think, oh, for sure. And then I was like, okay, it's okay. Like, like this has happened before where everything in that little Disney bubble is reserved. We'll just go, you know, 30 minutes out. We have a car, so we're completely fine. So we start calling around and still the same thing. Nothing's available. We literally go on a call with this like hotel, you know, reservation, you know, helper assistant. And she goes, okay, I'm looking 200 miles out and there's, barely anything available and then she's like oh, okay i found something do you want me to try and book for you and we're like yeah just see if you can do it like we'll just drive the hour out or you know drive whatever um just so we don't have to drive all the way back to west palm and you're like all right we'll pay a hundred dollars but then she goes okay and even that far out it was like four hundred dollars for these moderate you know Ooh. value so we end up what, what, what is this is president's yeah. day weekend yeah yes that's that it still doesn't seem like the no, high travel I mean, it's, time it's for February. Central Florida. I mean, it's February. Yeah. But I do I do know that that's why when I went I went down to meet him a couple of weeks ago, I was trying not to be there President's Day week. 
because I knew it's like you get the extra day. People pull kids out of school for an extra day or two, and it's just a crazy time. Well, did you at least go to the Hall of Presidents <laughs> so, to celebrate? You know, Magic Kingdom was the night, so we rode the People Mover a couple of times. Then we got the reservation, which was at nine thirty. Um, and the park closed at 10, but it was actually really cool because we really took our time and like we, we got out of the park or we got done eating. I think it was like 1040 and nobody was in the park. So we just like slowly walked out and like that never happens anymore. So we like slowly walked out and like That's got cool. to enjoy that. That was definitely a highlight. But, um, so we end up, we end up, did you find no, a place to we stay? We slept in my car. We literally just put the seats back. We yeah. were so tired. We were like, look, like. It's gonna be hundreds of dollars. We can we can sleep in the car, put the seat back, find a nice parking lot. So we did it, and we slept till. <laughs> go look for the we nice did. parking we lot. We literally did that, and so we wake up, we set our alarms for um, like six a.m. And uh, which we, I mean, when we were up, we were like, I don't want to go back to sleep. We park at the Floridian. We go into the Floridian, you know, uh, they've got really nice restrooms. I don't know if you guys have seen the restrooms. We brush our teeth. I shave. I, like, I put my head under, like, the faucet and, like, put some shampoo and kind of, like, dried it off. And then at 7 a.m., we made our Genie Plus selections because we were like, all right, we have to do Genie Plus. Like, I'm always, like, we come so often, I'm not going to do it. But if we're going to ride any ride, we've got to do Genie Plus. So we did it, you know, groggy, but also just kind of happy. And surprisingly, felt better than we imagined. We got some coffee. Um, and then we started our day with Epcot. Did Remy's Ratatouille because we had never ridden the ride together. Uh, got some breakfast and then went over to Hollywood Studios. And just crazy wait times, crazy wait times. And even with Genie Plus, we were like, we're going to have to wait three hours for, you know, literally any ride. And just kind of called it early because we were tired and got back in West Palm and just chilled for the rest of the day crazy that's amazing jd hey and a lot of, one thing a lot of people don't realize if you don't go or if you haven't experienced genie plus it's just because you're paying for it doesn't mean you get yep. it like i mean there's there's 40 rides whatever that are included but you 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 can only schedule one every two hours or after you've it used to be you know when you completed it but now you can every two hours from the time you start you can book another one but by by afternoon by 12 or one o'clock all that's left are things that you don't need a fast pass for anyway so i mean that's why you're going to still end up spending an hour await for for a couple of things on a crowded day like that even yeah. if you have genie plus you're not going to just yeah, jump I've, on every I, ride. now using it with you dad and using it with mckay i've kind of averaged out you get about you get roughly between two most likely three if you're lucky three good rides um which is again it's kind of when you look at fast passes like well that was what it was before you got three fast passes um per day uh but now you have to pay for it um, but of course it, it's, it's quick. Yes. It's a quick process. That was another thing where you fly through the lightning lanes quicker than any fast pass that I remember. But the downside of that is when you're in the standby lane, you're watching, you know, people fly through the line and they're barely being, you know, 50, you know, 30 to 50 people in the lightning lane. And they're prioritizing that over these two hour lines. And it's kind of, it can be discouraging. Yeah, I just heard for the first. I had not heard this before, but I, I heard a cast member, an old, a former cast member, on a on a podcast talking about how they have different processes where they'll tell them today, you let this many people, you let this many 
lightning lane people for every standby person. And other days, it, you know, so it could be 20 people for every standby person. It might be 30, you know, it can, it can fluctuate depending on the crowd. But when, when, uh, John David and I were there a couple of weeks ago, I mean, we, we even saw like, uh, space mountain, which has two tracks to one was completely devoted to lightning lane. So if you were in standby, it was a two hour wait. And hmm. if you looked over across the room to the other line, there was nobody in line. It was just, people are just moving. It's and, uh, almost as if they are trying to promote their genie plus service, Oh, 100%. you know, and really trying to make it miserable on you if you don't buy it. Um, which I said from the beginning, like I, I think fans are going to buy it even though people online were going hey we're not gonna we're not gonna do this we're gonna stand up and say we're not doing this i i know i knew people i knew i would cave i knew that people would do it so but my whole time the whole time i've what are what are they going to do if everybody buys it because then it's like the if everybody has a fast pass nobody has a fast pass and so we saw something in the news this week that addresses that do you want to talk about that yeah, that's what I was about to say is literally yesterday uh, the street reported that Disney's making a change. And I mentioned it to you guys before we started recording. And John Davis was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. why that happened. Um, they will not let you if you have a single day um, reservation at the park, they will not let you pre-buy Disney Plus. You can only buy it the day of your visit and then you may not yeah. get it. Because it's like they're only giving so many of them out. And, and that's what, Dave, John David, I think yeah, you experienced that a little bit. Yeah, so sure. again, I was having to stay awake until 12 o'clock, literally 12.01, just to buy it. And then you also have to set your alarm for 7 a.m. to reserve it. So it's like, it's just another thing that you're having to set an alarm for that's just like, I'm on vacation. I really don't have to have to stay awake till 12 and then set my alarm. It's like, that was the thing with dad when we went. It was like, we'd have these long days and I was like, gosh. I got to set my alarm for, you know, 6.50 so I make sure I'm, I'm up awake tapping on the screen and making sure I get it just so I know that my I'll be able to ride three rides. That was my problem with it. I mean, again, I I mean, I've kind of come to terms that you're going to have to pay for it. But I'm like, at least let me schedule it out a couple of weeks before so that when I'm at my park, you know, enjoying my weekend, it can just all be taken care of. And I don't have to be constantly looking at my phone. I th- yeah. That's an interesting, yeah. interesting thing. The experience, yeah. how that changes. I have a feeling that that's why you got a reservation at Be Our Guest on Saturday night. It's because I do think that there it will be a limit at some point for a lot of families that if you're going to spend that $15 per person in your family per day, you're going to, you could spend up to 40 to a hundred dollars say that you're going to yeah. probably cut a meal. You're going to cut some. Yeah. Merch. I would, I, I think that's where I'd go. I'm going to go. I, I just won't, I won't buy any yeah. merchandise. You know, I'll, I'll, I won't go to a restaurant. Yeah. I'll Which just that would be rides. interesting to see the long-term effects. I know we've looked at a lot of statistics with, you know, Disney, you know, higher up saying, look, our numbers are crushing it right now. We've got more people in the park paying more than ever. And it's like, okay, that's right now. But once that starts going around where you're having to pay more than ever, it's like, are those same families going to come next year? Or are they going to go somewhere else? It's like those statistics will be the ones that will be interesting. Well, and that was also you – know, go ahead, go David. Ahead. I was just going to say the, the strange thing is that it they have such the ability to 
you get frustrated. Like we, we had an experience a couple of weeks ago where we got in line for Millennium Falcons smugglers run. The line said 35 minutes and it ended up being a two hour line. And we, we were, we were kind of stuck. And I, and I was, I, I started getting pretty discouraged. Like this is crazy. And then we, we got out, we had a fast pass for slinky dog. So we're like, woo. And then we did something else. And then you kind of forget you, you, that, that frustration like gets covered up and then you go home and you don't really remember, like, unless you're, we're talking about this. Oh, I just remember having a great time. And that, and I think that's what happens. People are enduring these things because they're enjoying something, another aspect of it so much that they're pushing through. Well, it seems to be, it seems to be working too, because Bob Chapek in this article um, from the street made it clear in their first quarter quarter earnings call that the loss of fast pass pass plus has not hurt the theme park business at all. In fact, he's quoted as saying in the quarter, um, in the first quarter, more than a third of domestic park guests purchased either genie plus lightning lane or both. And that number rose to more than 50% during the holiday period. And while demand was strong throughout the quarter at both domestic sites, the reservation system enabled them to strategically manage attendance. And he says, in fact, the st- their stellar performance was achieved at lower attendance level than 2019. So they're actually making more money with fewer people. And, and that, that seems to be kind of the goal going forward. And there seems to be this thing, too, like how much can they charge yeah. before people start stop coming? And so far, it just had they haven't hit that yet, you know. And, and, and for better or worse, I don't know, like, long term what this is like, what this, what this looks like. But um, it doesn't seem like they're slowing yeah. down on this. It seems like they're kind of this is the new, new normal well, for them. We were there. We were there New Year's Eve of 2019. That's like one of the craziest, busiest times. And it did not feel as crowded then as it did when I was here a couple of weeks ago in February. So, you know, you're going, I don't know if more people are getting out because of the pandemic, that it's like, hey, we can finally go somewhere. Uh, Again, we saw just tons of people in the middle of February with, with children that were elementary age that obviously they took them out of school. So people are just maybe they're just, they're they're just determined to get out right now, and it has not. But I, I do think a lot of it is the is the, the lines are, are are the is the genie plus. There is what's creating really long lines. If you're in standby, you're just gonna have but to endure. Yeah, but you're exactly right though that we went New Year's, and it felt like the same numbers when we went in February. So what does that mean? There's more people. There's more traffic. So if there's more traffic, that means there's there's still not the show numbers are not back. The entertainment numbers are not back. There's not enough attractions that aren't rides. I mean, yes, we've seen a lot of, we've brought this back and we're bringing Fantasmic back, but it's nowhere near to the fact of like their holiday season. So it's leaving rides the only way to take up, you know, um, all this crazy uh, traffic, which again, it's perfect for the implementation of, of Genie Plus when you're, when you're centering the park experience to rides. But, you know, I mean, you know, those numbers are not up to those New Year's attendance levels. I mean, again, so it goes back to, I mean, it's all about, right. it's all about the line and it's all, and that's how they're getting a lot of people to pay for Genie Plus. I think the you idea also- of managing expectations and, and park scheduling and trying to get crowds more dispersed would, it seems like the, 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 the theory behind that would be, it would be a better experience for everyone, right? Because there's, you, you spread people out and things are scheduled. You know, 
you know, better supply, how to meet demand and those sort of, but so far it seems like what you're, what I'm hearing from you guys and what I'm reading online myself is that, I mean, there's still some, some kinks to work out here that if you're kind of like you JD and you're a season pass holder and you pop in for a day, maybe the experience is not nearly as good as it used to be, or as favorable, I should say. Um, and then maybe for the vacationers that are spending 10 days, maybe it's a little better, yeah. you know, um, I, oh, but yeah. more expensive also. I, I don't know. Um, you know, um, yeah. I don't know what they do. Well, it's definitely a new era. And when, when this when this started in the reservation system, you know, the, the hope in it to me was like, well, at least this way they know what they've got to have. And the goal will be to figure out how to uh, handle the a large number of guests. Yeah, I yeah. think there's just I think it's just at a really interesting time where again we've talked about the pandemic is starting to go in the other direction. We just Disney just released uh, Disney World in Orlando. Um, they're not requiring masks anywhere but on transportation. You don't have to wear them inside stores anymore. Um, so obviously they probably have this. They probably have some phase planning where they're just going to keep opening more and more up. So I don't think we, we're seeing a finished product. Um, but they're, That's I mean, true. they're, I mean, again, and there's still good moments. I mean, I never want to sound like negative. Cause I mean, like I said, when we went to magic kingdom and we had a reservation at nine 30, we got to see the park when nobody else was there. And still just a lot of cool stuff to experience. It's just, again, navigating for even those people who have been a lot, navigating that new experience in the, the new park kind of way of doing things. So JD had a great time in the park. Um, I know, David and I being stuck up here where we're at, you know, we just, we have to experience Disney through you, JD, or through Disney plus. And, uh, we have, we both, I think we've all watched a little bit this week. David, have you, um, what all have you watched this week and consumed on Disney plus? Uh, well, I've watched, uh, quite a bit on Disney plus, And I also listened to some great podcasts some some great YouTube videos this week, but, uh, on Disney plus, uh, I, f- I finished uh, Boba Fett, ah. uh, and I watched some. Uh, w- watched the second part of the Beatles documentary. Um, I watched. Uh, rewatched. Actually, even went back and rewatched part of Encanto again to uh, look, look at these songs in context, and again trying to figure out the mystery of. Uh, I love it. I loved it back in November when I saw it at the theater, but I'm still amazed at the the publicity it continues to get. I listened to the crazy, I listened to a podcast that is similar to something we've talked about doing soon, but they basically were, uh, did this, I did this podcast where, uh, they compared all these Disney songs and they did a ranking of their favorite Disney songs. Well, actually they weren't doing just their favorites. They were doing the best. This was the best. And like literally the top 10 songs in Disney of all time, I think they picked, like all 10 Encanto songs, like even the Encanto songs you don't remember, they were putting them up so high. And I was going recency bias. And then when they would say they would like, uh, they would compare this and maybe we don't talk about Bruno and they were like, Oh, we don't talk about it. It's just so, it's just so, it's just so incredible. Like they couldn't tell you why, like they couldn't tell you what they liked about it. They just, it's like, I'm not sure you think, I'm not sure if you know it's incredible or somebody told you, it's incredible. Or you is just that, or like it right now. Yeah, that's oh yeah. how it is too. Like it's on, you're just listening to it a lot. Yeah. That's that. I say, just so people know, like this podcast gives you the real, <laughs> real scoop, right? We're not, we're not pumping up the latest and the greatest. I and mean, we're oh telling yeah. you like it is. 
We're well, kind of like, mean, it, and on music stuff, is, we got a little bit of expertise in our back pockets too. <laughs> it is the latest, and it is it is great, um, but it's it's just fun to watch. It's amusing to figure out like, do people really love it, or are they just loving it because culturally they know they're supposed to love it? And I've seen. You know, it, I don't know that we had this with um, Frozen, you know, which was the, it seemed like it was the last musical that seemed very. Like if you had a if you had a young girl in your life, a niece, a nephew, a child that was five to twelve when Frozen came out, like it was it was just consuming how much you heard those songs. But uh, this is like a, a completely different level because it's not just kids. It's it's like on social media everywhere you look, people are talking about it. I had a talk with my mom the other day. And uh, she's a senior adult. She doesn't watch a lot of. Uh, she, they, my parents watch a lot of sports, but she's she'd heard of Encanto, and she kept saying, "What? What is this? What? What is this?" Because she kept hearing people talk about it at places, and but she doesn't know what it is. And it's just it's amazing. It's everywhere. So I went back and I'm watching the songs and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what is it? What is it that makes it so incredible to people? And, and this was another interesting thing in this podcast, and I know that we've probably made mistakes in what we've said before, but this was a pretty big podcast, and they talked about that uh, one of the things that was it, it was that it, because it came out on Disney Plus, and they had forgotten that it had been in the theater. But I, I, I another podcast I listened to this week said that in the time that it was in the theater, about ten million people saw it in that whole theater run to about ten million. And then, but on Disney Plus, it was like 50 million people saw it in just a a week. So that's amazing. That that just floods. Times have changed. It flooded everybody with those songs, you know, just crazy. And it kind of came out at a time when the numbers, you know, were going up and down like this. Again, maybe maybe people were staying home and they, uh, and also I didn't realize I saw that both that Encanto opened. This I think the same day that Hawkeye premiered on Disney Plus in the theaters. So you had, you know, there might have been people that said, "Hey, Hawkeye's coming on tonight," and stayed home to watch that because they knew that character and they didn't know what Encanto was. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. They both opened up Thanksgiving weekend. I, I, I I'm with you. Like, um, if you were making a top Disney songs of all time, I don't know that all of the Encanto songs would be in the top ten, but I do think it's one of the best soundtracks in years, maybe decades. Um, yes. It reminds me a lot of the Aladdin soundtrack um, where you had lots of lots of uh, plot points within the songs. Right. It was it was that the music was an asset to the uh, it wasn't like a let me sum up my emotions and tell you how I'm feeling. It's like, let me describe the scene for you in song. Right. And I remember like growing up, even though maybe I didn't listen, to, you had the whole new world, like the big ballad, right? Um, which was the last number one song Disney's had before Bruno, right? Um, but I do think that there was something about um, gotta gotta steal to eat, gotta eat to live, tell you all about it. When, you know, there's all these lyrics that you can still rattle out that just sort of like were were incredible um, and, right. and just kind of still part of pop culture that those things found their way out into, into the mainstream 
in a way pre YouTube, pre streaming, pre all of that. This is radio and just people buying the CD and watching the movie over and over and, and singing it. And people can sing every word of that soundtrack. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and it was a different, it, it was a little, even a different thing than like beauty and the beast and, and little mermaid soundtrack. It was more yeah. percussive. It was more, um, yeah, it was also a cultural thing, right. You know, um, it was very Middle Eastern sounding, right? It, I think that actually had some int- brought some interest That's to cool. it as well. It was also the main the main character was a guy singing, like we had not had. Usually, it's we don't have you know in Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast the the Beast and Eric they don't sing. So now you've got Aladdin singing like a young guy. I mean, yep. so I think that's why the music felt a that's little a, bit more like that one thing that's interesting too about that time is you had you had those songs like one jump ahead that that were going to move the plot along but then you were going to have a song like a whole new world that really could stand alone out of context or a uh, you know they they like or a can you feel the love tonight? I mean, these songs that just kind of like, is that a, is that a pop song that they put in here? But like, I didn't, I didn't feel like that in Encanto. It like every song feels like it's about the that's plot. Cool. Uh, yeah. I've never really thought of a comparison between Aladdin, but yeah, that's true. That's a lot of similarities. Did you guys see uh Lin-Manuel had a meeting with Bob Chapek to pitch a attraction idea of Encanto at the parks? How interesting is that? I, haven't seen I did any not details. see this. I did see. I did see that headline that he that there had been he he was pitching something. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because a lot of the uh, uh, another podcast I listened to this week was talking about that this is such a fast success. Like usually, Disney has these legacy properties like like Peter Pan and Cinderella that are 50, 70 years old. And this is so new. And we've not, we the only, the only movie that's had an attraction, an animated movie that I can think of in years is frozen. Like it, it got a, it's a, it's a 2013 movie. It has attractions, but you look at the last, the movies from the last 20 years, not a lot of them. Have. Well, we have the Pixar stuff. You got toy story. Um, right. but it, it, that feels but, like a different but, animal. But even then you, you look at, toy, you look, you've got toy story. That's 1995 yeah. monster Z oh, that's true. Uh, Nemo, but you don't, uh, in the and, parks, but you don't see You have, you're not, I haven't seen a Luca. And uh, the difference, the difference too, you don't know any of those Pixar movies by music. Right. You know, they have music and they have some significant songs, but when you think of toy story, you don't think of music. You know, you might have the the, the yeah, Randy what, the, the soundtrack. You know, what's kind of um, you know the but friend songs. Uh, yeah, the but you they're not known me. for that. Yeah, you got a friend yeah. in me. But that's yeah, again not, like a it's like a, it's like the you know sunflower because of Into the Spider Verse. It's not it's not like it was a part of the movie that was integral, right? Um, it's interesting. It's just different animal altogether. I, I'm with you, David. I, it's fascinating. Well. When we were at when we were there a couple of weeks ago, we got to see Harmonious. This was the second time we've seen it. I will add, I don't think I mentioned this last time. Both times we've seen it, it's had technical difficulties, so we still haven't seen what it's Uh-oh. supposed to really be. But both times we saw it, the center screens didn't work. What the first time we saw it, the water didn't work. So that we saw it again, and they. Cl- I think it closes with a song called "Someday," 
which is a ballad from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, and I remember it was, the, I think it was Boys to Men. They sing it as the as the song as the movie's ending, and it's not the biggest song, but I have seen it pop up a lot on different on different Disney playlists because I think that that pop version was on radio, but it was actually cut from the movie. It was supposed to be a song in the movie. They cut it from the movie, but they used it for the end credits, and that's what they closed Harmonious with. Hmm. Which theme-wise, it makes sense. Like someday, when we're wiser, you know, it it has this unity feel to it. But I, I even heard a rumor that like, get ready to see that's probably going to get replaced with something from Encanto because the, the show kind of ends down. It doesn't end with a big hmm. uh, lift, and you know, I don't know if it'll be Bruno. I'm not sure which song they would pick, but. Uh, I bet we get a little. I bet we get a little Encanto in there, but you know, we it just it seems like it takes them a long time to build an attraction based on a property. Like they have to know this isn't just a quick, yeah, quick success, and it's going to be gone tomorrow. This is this is something that people are going to want to watch. Yeah, you got to put them in the parade it, first and see the reaction. Yeah. Are they going to watch this in twenty years? Because we yeah. get tired of things fast. So are you are you suggesting that perhaps? Perhaps Encanto will be a flame that burns out and a year from now we'll be like sick of it. No, I'm not suggesting that. I heard I heard people suggest that online. Like people say questioning it could this happen? Like because this is new. We've never had we've never had movies release on Disney Plus. I mean the whole movie experience has changed. We're not going to the theaters as much. We're watching things. So will we and we have more inf we have more content it seems like than we've ever had before so will we will we still want to do this in 20 years or will we have moved on oh, yeah. to the next yeah thing? i think that's a good question to ask because again i grew up i grew up when there were like 20 25 animated movies and now there are 60 i mean that's there's true. so there's so much they can't they can't put everything in the park i wish i they will would. say I, this i think that would be a great goal even if it's a, a restaurant or a a shop i mean they can put their put a character everywhere and let a movie be represented but go ahead i've seen i've seen frozen one and two each one time i've seen moana probably two maybe two and a half times i've seen Encanto five wow. times <laughs> you know what i'm saying like my kids just will watch it's always it seems to be a kind of a default just turn it on and enjoy it again do guys, so um do you think you watch i don't know it? Do that's any indication watched it a lot because purely off the music because every time i hear about it anything in the news it's like listen to this soundtrack you know top charts music 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 do you guys think plot wise i mean because again we've talked about well music you know anytime you're introduced to a new song you love it for like a couple of weeks then you kind of get burnt out you know so it's like yes they can have <laughs> classic songs but like there's the plot you know does that back up i mean we're talking about having like a legacy it does yeah i think it has a lot of okay. shareability so um, it's like if my kids go over to my, my parents' house and they're like, we got to watch. You got to see. Encanto. They want my, my mm. parents to watch it. Right. Um, when they have a friend over, if they haven't seen it yet. Oh, we got to You got to see this. You know what I'm saying? And I think that has a lot to do with it, too. And anytime something goes viral, it has a lot of shareability factor. Right. And I think the, the music is a is a is a key. It's the TikTok generation. It's very shareable. 
and and in the movie too i think is legitimately good like it, it's it it's beautifully it the animation is beautiful the characters i think there's some good character development there's some common themes i think that people can identify with it's there's a cultural um you know kind of kind of context to it that i think is interesting and and i think all of those things together kind of make for a disney hit but I do think it's that shareability factor that that kind of gives it the special sauce, at least so far. You're right. We could all get sick. Of, but again, we got sick of um, that dang Frozen song. That um, Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Yeah. I mean, it was I, that comes on the radio, I turn it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to hear interesting. that. I think the first time... I like I, I like if I remember when Let It Go came out. We we went and saw we went and saw Frozen opening day. Like it came out like Thanksgiving. That was like a family tradition to go in the afternoon, and we went and saw it. But like within like a week, you know, I remember seeing Jimmy Fallon had and the Roots did like a toy version of it, and they had like uh, Dina Menzel there with them singing it. I mean, that song exploded fast too it was just mm-hmm. but it was different it, it the social media just wasn't the same then it wasn't there's the that TikTok and generation. it wasn't nearly as singable like it's just it, it's an odd song to get super popular other than the chorus which is very has the hooks let it go everybody remembers that stuff and her voice is amazing it actually right. kind of felt like ariel or bell right, right. um it kind of had but, those nostalgic rings to it as well but it's not a super singable song yeah. It's well. It's a difficult song to sing for. Well, sure. all you karaoke people that try to do that one, just stop. Yeah, just stop no, this no right now. We don't want to hear you try to sing. Let it go. Hey, everybody had to go look and figure out what frozen fractals on the ground meant. <laughs> it had lyrics that people <laughs> yeah. were like, "What?" Hey, I've got a question about Encanto. When I watched it this week, have y'all caught this before? Because you brought up the plot, and I can't. Again, this Encanto is still a little bit like Star Wars to me, where I can't remember everybody's names like I want to yet. But the sister that can hear everything, right? Well, it's the first time I remember. I noticed she said, "She said I associate Bruno with the sound of sand." Like she, she knew because she can hear everything. She knew that, but she also I noticed this time she tells the young boy. I've heard him. I knew he was here. Mm-hmm. And that kind of surprised me. Like, wait a minute. And, and, and when you found out that Mirabelle had gotten that, those, those shards of glass and he, and the dad says, nobody has to know. And she's like, I know. And they are like, she's going to tell it. She can't keep a secret. She goes and tells everybody that, but she knows Bruno's in the wall and she's never told anybody. Because they like, don't I, talk about like, Bruno. <laughs> But you think that she wouldn't have been able to keep it secret, like, hey, Bruno's hiding in the wall, you guys, while we're eating, he's watching us. She doesn't Maybe. tell it. And that's the first time huh. I caught that. Like, that, that was a little, a little strange. Like, you could have at least gone up to the wall and said, hey, are you doing anything? Can I, can I pass you a burrito? What can I do for you? You're, talk, you're playing with mice in there. But I know, think, I think more of the – I think what we learned, though, I think uh, the way I would explain it, it, it just is a first like off the cuff sort of thing is that the idea with Bruno was not that he was dangerous. It was that he, he caused, he caused us all sadness and we don't want we, we to bring him up is like bringing up. It's like walking under a ladder. It, you know what I mean? Like, um, I think there was a, you would, you wouldn't bring him up because it's bad luck. Right. Even if you knew, I, I think there's a, I don't know. I could be, I'm just trying to explain. There could be a, a sense of that. Like, um, 
whereas Mirabelle putting the glass together, this is pertinent information for the, the problem that is at hand. Um, no, Bruno hanging out, you know, we'll just deal with that. But we don't, we don't talk about him because he's bad luck. Right. He, um, yeah, he, it'll bring more calamity on us and me. If I, if I meant even mention him. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a good explanation. I mean, I just think, I mean, if you had super, super hearing, I think you'd hear so much throughout always that you would just have so much going on. And, you know, she, she probably knew he was living there, but she doesn't know, you know, if he's there every day. I mean, we don't know if he's hang if he was really there hanging out all day, he could go out and go do different things. But I, I agree. That was towards the end when she said that, I, I do remember that when she was like, Oh, I've heard him the whole time. And I was like, yeah. wait, what? I was like, why? <laughs> well, she's also more. <laughs> and she's a little bit like a, a daredevil. <laughs> I, mean, I, thought, I was about to she, say that. Yeah, dude. She's got super. Maybe she's like Daredevil's, you know, alter ego a, in a different universe. And, you know, Daredevil had to, when as a kid, learn to adjust to the, all those sounds, how to block stuff out, and only hear what and make it make sense of it all. So I totally was thinking Daredevil. I thought she's like the yeah. Daredevil of Encanto. It would not be a. It would be a really tough superpower to have, like that you could never turn it off. You know You're all here. the secrets. Yeah. Yeah. All all the things that you don't want to hear <laughs> that you have to hear. It's best not to just. It's better not to think about it. It's better not to. Not to <laughs> but I still thought it was interesting that that she knew. I I did not catch the well, first times that I saw it that she knew he was in there. Well, so, anyway. you know, well, and her problem, you know, Bruno told her that the man of her dreams would be promised to somebody else. Sure. <laughs> Again, I've heard that song a thousand times. I can quote you lyrics all day long. Um, and that's a hooky part. Everything drops out. That's I mean, one of the other things. One of the things that I do like about it is he, in, in his songs, he has so many different little sections. Like in, in, in uh, what's the pressure song called? Surface. Um, surface. Uh, is it surface pressure? Surface? Surface under the pressure? surface. Under the surface. Under, yeah, under the surface. So, I mean, like so many different, the drip, drip, drip. And then it changes to the, the really slow part. I mean, that, that's such a Broadway thing. It's such a different thing than just pop writing. You don't usually have that in in, in pop songs. So he's he's really combined that theatrical. It's just that's one of the things I think is so good. And, well, and we've we talked are, about it every I, single episode. I was about to say that we we need to scratch so, scratch why I love Disney, scratch wild. We're gonna be the Encanto, Encanto, the Encanto boys, podcast. We're just gonna spend every episode analyzing hey, it's, it. It's the it you know even when you even when you pick it apart and find the things you don't like, we're still talking about it. I mean, that's oh, yeah. just that's you know. Well, let's let's move on to something Welcome. else. I also I also Thank think you for Boba Fett. Okay, well, I was going to thank everyone for listening to our weekly Encanto segment. <laughs> Stay tuned for next week when we uh, talk about it a little bit more. Um, yes. But Boba Fett, I'm really – yeah, let's yeah. wrap up with this. Um, we've all seen it now, yeah. so we can talk about it. What was your impressions of the whole series and the finale yeah. and the way it First went? First impressions, takeaways, what I remember. My favorite episodes were the ones with the Mandalorian. I think it was like six and seven. Um, they introduced him back. Of, I feel like we had – heard from him for a long time so i was excited excited when he had his whole episode to him 
Um, the whole Luke Skywalker thing was so cool. I don't know if you guys, how many, you know, uh, throwbacks with Grogu that you guys caught, but him training, I mean, that is just a, a long time Star Wars fan. It was just really cool. And then another cool thing is we got some backstory um, to Luke's um, school for Jedi, you know, in the, in the new trilogy, we kind of just get all this new information, but only get a couple of scenes of like, okay, maybe this is what it looked like. And we got to see the building of like this new Jedi, you know, temple almost, um, which was really cool. I mean, it was, that was definitely my favorite part. Um, aside from Cad Bane, you know, old Star Wars, wild of the West feel. I mean, that was cool. Now, notice everything i just said were my favorite parts not a lot of that included actually boba fett so that's a little almost of a skepticism of i wish i would have gotten more out of this like when they create a whole series around a character i want him to be my favorite part i want that to be like the oh my gosh like they had something crazy planned and in store and yes like i like the character and especially as the series went on i enjoyed uh, you know, learning about his story. But when I look back on it, my favorites, my favorite episodes, my favorite scenes, uh, didn't have much of them, which was interesting. Well, it, it, it the, the only thing that really surprised me, well, it, a lot of it surprised me. I thought it was great. I mean, I was a lot of the, the I didn't expect Mandalorian yeah. to be that prominent. Didn't expect Luke and Grogu to jump back in. I would have thought that we we were going to get that at the beginning of the next season of Mandalorian. So this it, but I like that it tied everything together. Yeah, we and have I've, a universe. I've, I've really liked I really liked this because again I've I've known about this character since I was young, and it, I, you know I I know he's got a fan following, and and. And so I've always like, how is, why is this character so well known? Because, you know, he's, he was a small part of the franchise and, but he, you know, so I've enjoyed the backstory, how he got out of the, uh, what do you, what do you call it? Sarlacc? Was that what he, where Sounds was good. he a Sarlacc? Or... <laughs> Sounds good to anyway. me. Yeah, again, I, I, it could be something that sounds like that, but that thing that swallowed him. So I've enjoyed that. I like that they brought in the Tuscan people that he, you know, we saw some backstory things that we've not seen. But uh, yeah, I, th I thought that I wondered, because I said a few weeks ago, like, I'm really enjoying this series. It feels a lot like Man The Mandalorian to me, except there's no Grogu, like the cute the cute element that I think people fell in love with. I mean, you had Star Wars fans that love Mandalorian, but we had a cultural revolution of people going around with these Baby Yoda T-shirts and things. Like the kids fell in love with it. It's cute. Even if you don't like Star Wars, you might have liked this character. So I was like, did they mean to bring this back, or were they like a couple of episodes in and they went, we got to, we we got to get people on board. Yeah. We got to. Let's put Grogu back in there, get the Mandalorian. Let's go ahead and mix this up. Yeah. And, you know, but either way, I thought it was whatever their purpose was, if it was the intention for the beginning or partway through, I, I thought it was really effective. I thought the scenes with Luke were really good. Again, the technology I thought mm -hmm. was better in this one than when we, the little bit of that we got to see of Luke in the Mandalorian. This looked like I thought that was great, but this really looked like it didn't look like a digital effect to me. Yeah. I, I, got, it was, it I don't spot those me. things like some people do, but 
I, I couldn't figure it out. It's like, and his voice, like they had, they had somehow made his voice sound like his voice back then. And he's got a, his, his voice is lower now. He doesn't talk in that same 20 something register yeah. that he did back then. So I thought all of that was great. I, I liked that they brought it back around. The series really ended up being about them establishing their, their town and getting things together. I thought the character, um, Cat, What's the Cat bad Bane. guy? The villain? Cat Bane. Cat Bane, man, what a character that is. The, the voice, uh, Corey Burton, who's the voice actor for that, has done, also done a lot of Disney characters. He's a voice of Captain Hook and several other characters now. And that was an amazing voice. I've got to go back and I want to go back and see the Clone Wars just yeah. to see that character. Yeah. I thought that he, man, that was a great villain. And it really, that boy, it really felt like yeah. the Wild West. Uh, then I mean again I think I think they're celebrating even more of the Western meets samurai than even the original sometimes did. It's like they're 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 trib they're paying tribute so much that you get healthier doses of it than I than I used to even. Yeah, notice. those are probably my two biggest takeaways from Boba Fett. Is one with with Cad Bane being so awesome. It, it showed um, how the Clone Wars has been such a it's it's canon to the rest of the star wars and in all the other kind of movies you don't get a lot of representation but the clone wars is like a it's like eight seasons worth of star wars content that we just don't get a lot of representation and as a result people don't really really watch it and really talk about it so getting to see uh cad bane in real life was super cool uh one thing you said earlier dad about baby yoda and just when you kind of compare the Mandalorian to Boba Fett. Um, why I think Grogu had such of an effect on the Mandalorian was because it gave people who maybe didn't know a lot about Star Wars something to watch the Mandalorian. Uh, McKay, you know, she we watched the Mandalorian, and you know, it gave people like McKay who haven't seen the Clone Wars and don't really know a lot about the Star Wars universe. She cared about Grogu. She cared about his kind of storyline, and it was interesting, and it was fun, and it was a cute little relationship, um, and it gave people a kind of a reason to watch. And I think that might be why Boba Fett maybe had a little bit uh, more of a downfall or advantage um, compared to The Mandalorian because it didn't really have that outlet um, for someone who isn't a Star Wars fan who cares for the nostalgic, who would just watch it for fun. There wasn't a lot of that in there until Grogu came along. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I th also thought that uh, another thing that I, uh, I, I watched again, I watched the last three episodes again this week just to refresh that. And the, the whole idea where Luke tells Grogu, like, you can't be a Jedi if you're going to put these relationships over being a Jedi. And so I think, you know, uh, here we got Luke is off on a, you know, on a all by himself in a school doing training. Uh, and, you know, you've got Grogu and the Mandalorian were basically choosing each other. He he took off his helmet for Grogu. And so now 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 he's been, you know, kind of let go from the Mandalorians because he admitted that he had taken off his helmet. So. Uh, you know, that yeah. was it. I think, I think people that that's like heart connection stuff that people relate to, which is a little bit different than, uh, 
most of the Star Wars stories, which are a little bit more to me, more like Boba Fett, where they're more about the action and not. But I even even Boba Fett, I think they tried to go. They gave him those people. They let him. He's getting a fondness. He he uh, he rescued Finnick and and saved her life and you see that they've got a bond and now he's helping these people and he you know it's like their their characters are evolving and they're going from these bounty hunter mindset of bring them in dead or alive to uh you know a little bit something softer i did i actually thought one of the the um in the whole mandalorian and boba fett scene man this that first ep, that first scene where mandalorian comes in and he's got the he's looking for the guy that all the people that look like bulldogs and he, he goes in and the book, it's like a butcher shop or something. And he goes into the guy and says, I'm looking for this. I mean, he pulls out that. Oh my God. Lightsaber. And he cuts that guy right into it. I was like, that's not the, the guy that had Grogu on his, you know, back in a few episodes. It's almost like he had, he had without Grogu, he was like, more brutal than we've seen. Like I was one of the, the most brutal scenes. I mean, again, I'm watching daredevil <laughs> where you're, you're just watching somebody get beaten up or stabbed or every, every, impaled. every episode impaled every 10 minutes. Like you can't hardly look. So that was like, Whoa, that was a little daredevil moment right there. That was pretty graphic for Mandalorian. And I thought again, for young kids, I was thought that was, really graphic i mean you saw yeah. it not only did it cut the guy into it cuts the table into it was like wow pretty pretty strong well i think it did move along the story a little bit and in, in the character development of, of mandalorian and grogu i'm going to start there um mandalorian but really grogu we learned a little bit more about we saw the flashback to we we learned they're connecting a lot of this right we learned that he was being trained as a jedi in the temple when Palpatine ordered um, the clones to kill the Jedi, right? Was yeah, it Order Sixty Six? Right. Is that right. am I getting the right number? And um, and he, you see him, it flashed him. He was there in the temple and somehow survived. So that was interesting. So we see like he has some sort of training already, you know, yeah. before all of this. And so they're they're pulling all that in. That was really cool. Um, I also do think Luke's training and the idea of you have to choose, you can't, you have to forsake what you know, or you can't be a Jedi. That's a consistent theme from episode one, when Qui-Gon is debating with uh, Obi-Wan, whether or not to take Anakin in, you know, he's too old to train. Right. And, and actually they take him before the council and Mace Windu and Yoda both say, no, you can't train him. And, and, and Obi-Wan goes against their wishes and trains him anyway. And, um, you get, all of those are kind of the undercurrents when, when, Luke's telling him that, that you kind of, and that's the thing that's interesting about this. And when you go into Boba Fett's character in, in particular, there's, there is so, there's the sense that can it stand alone here in the show? Or do you need to know this going in for it to have meaning and depth and not to feel shallow? And I think one of the criticisms I would have is, uh, I don't say criticisms, but Critiques. Um, <laughs> crit a critique would be, if you didn't know Boba Fett before, um, kind of his backstory, and if you don't, especially if you don't remember him s taking Han Solo captive and turning him over to Jabba, and you don't remember clearly him shooting at them in, in the, when they were being executed, and them, you know, and him being, you know, 
him being an adversary to the good guys that we all know and love. I feel like you start this and now we've had it. He, he showed up in the Mandalorian. So it's not like without any context, but I feel like we didn't get enough of his bad side to really appreciate his transformation. Um, hmm. You sort of had to bring that with you. No, this is a bad, you know, bounty. Cad Bane references it, right? He says, you're a killer just like me. You know, you're no different. And, and he's like trying to explain, you know, I, I rule respect, not an eye. And, and you get this whole thing throughout that he's a changed person and the backstory with the sand people, what made him a changed person. But what we were missing was the evil, right? What are the terrible things you've done that make us care about your transformation to make you the guy you are right now? I yeah, think there's a right. gap there. And uh, there's a lot of assumptions that you know that, you know, he's kind of a, uh, um, a bad, you know, a bounty hunter that did all this stuff and froze solo and turned him over to Jabba and been an enemy of the the rebels are our, our characters that we know and love but not really right we want to know you know the gritty gory details of what he's done and why he's kind of irredeemable and and now that he's changing and why it's, that would make the change matter yeah. more does that make sense yeah that's super cool mm-hmm. and i yeah, think we're missing a little bit of that i think it's i think though at the same time it's similar to mandalorian because He's killing people like crazy too. I mean, as a bounty hunter, it's I'll bring you in dead or alive. I it doesn't yeah. matter to me. And and they'll often say like, "What did I do?" It's like that doesn't matter. Like, yeah, there's a there's a bounty on your head. It's my job to bring you in. Well, see, so I think that's the it, difference. It's like, it's like Daredevil again. They rationalize. Well, you know, it, am I doing this for good or am I doing this for myself? Because right. uh, Mandalorian, he acts like. He's got this higher calling. This is the way. And he even says, he even told, he's, he spoke and said, the rebel, not the rebel, the Jedi idea is different from ours. Ours is all about loyalty and yep. in unity. And it's like, that doesn't really fit with this, but you can just go out and, you know, if there's a price well, on think- somebody's head, blow them away. As a show, I think that's the interesting thing is that can work for the Mandalorian because we don't we've never seen him before. We don't know anything about we didn't know anything about him. So they're painting this picture. And I think that worked really well. It was like a a home run in every regard. Uh, That's what I'm saying. In contrast, Boba Fett feels like um, since we know so much about him or enough about him or there's assumptions made that we know that we don't get that, you know, um, the depth of character of this transformation. Yeah, I, like to we, me we anyway. Needed, we needed at least and, one um, episode where we could have really just a new updated reminder. Okay, this is who he this is who he was. Like we needed like a dark episode where he just had no standard, no morals. Okay, this is it, and then this is a transition. I, I agree with that. There was this thing. There was actually this pretty cool thing which I would encourage you guys to look up. He was actually supposed to make an, an appearance in the Clone Wars series in the animated series. Where I don't know if you guys caught uh, Cad Bane in the final episode, he mentioned that they'd met before, and he talks about a last time they dueled. Yeah. And there's this there's this concept art. It's like a Phase One animation of Cad Bane, and then the young Boba Fett, like between the years of being a, a, a really young child that you see um, in the prequels to um, the man bounty hunter you know he's like these teenage years they actually have a duel and in the concept art they duel and cad bane wins and he hits him on the head of the armor and that's where boba fett's den is which is really cool and again i didn't know that 
Um, but it, that was even just some more background that I'm like, okay, these are the two, you know, craziest gun wielders, you know, in, in the Star Wars galaxy, galaxy, and that builds up so much more. Well, and like you were saying, I think that John David, you were saying a little earlier, the, the really Cad Bane coming from kind of the, in the Clone Wars kind of explored him a little bit. There is a wealth yeah. of characters that we could, I mean, in the bounty hunter world in particular, you got IG-88, you got Bosk, you got Greedo, who Han Solo, yeah. you know, murders in uh, the first Star Wars. And that's a, always been a, a, you know, a controversial scene that did Han shoot first or did Greedo shoot first? And, and can you, that, it's always been, it's an ongoing Star Wars controversy too. But like, there's all these, and then you get in this Clone Wars, you got the Night Sisters, you got the Geonosians, um, you got, um, that can be, that can show all these uh, beings and characters with different strengths and weaknesses can show up. And I almost expect them to with this, the Ahsoka series and with Kenobi that they're really, what's really cool is when Cad Bane walks out, that's a template for, Oh my goodness, what's going to come in these next series? Who are we going to get to see and experience? And, and they seem to be knocking them out Man, of the park that just so pumped far. me up, Dustin, dude, I'm ready. I'm ready for these new series. <laughs> I mean, that just, yeah, I mean, there's so much content. I mean, with Kenobi, I mean, Ahsoka, I mean, two of the, again, if you watch the Clone Wars, you'll care about uh, Obi-Wan so much more and you'll understand his character. I mean, again, we've talked about this whole battle with the Jedi of uh, no connections, no relationship. And in the Clone Wars, Kenobi even has a love interest. And he said, I chose the Jedi way. I chose the Jedi way. And again, with Anakin, you see that. Even with Luke, me and McKay, McKay had never seen the original trilogy so we'd walk, we watched all three this past week. And even with Luke, the first conflict he has with uh, being a Jedi is he's being trained under, under Yoda. And Yoda's like, you can't go save them. Like, you're, you, Darth Vader's going to be there. You're barely even a Jedi. He's going to either kill you or turn you to the dark side. You're not ready. And Luke, again, new to it, he's just like, no, I've got to go save my friends. I've got to go help them. And he almost dies. I mean, that's when he loses his hand and he almost gets defeated. Well, what I love is that it's <laughs> seeming if they keep doing this and they keep landing really well with Mandalorian, Boba Fett, John Favreau at the helm, it's feeling like mm. a universe. It's feeling Marvel-esque yeah. a little bit. And yeah. if they can keep this going, let's forget about, you know, you can keep Force Awakens and all that in the in the canon there's there's that but now we're moving into something that can really like i think explode and take off and and all of these these series can have like ahsoka's been in this right and ahsoka's a a very influential um uh and, and again she even mentions to luke you know she was the apprentice of um yeah. of anakin like his dad you know what i mean like she said it, and that's that's to me like that was all through the Clone Wars, right? And um, it, it, those are just things that, to a fan, you can see these these things explored. You know, she's going to turn up in in the Kenobi series. She has to, right? Um, yeah, it would be weird if she didn't. Um, but all of this is, I think, setting up for maybe some maybe we even get movies out of this. That sort of a new series of um, of movies from with these characters that we're falling in love with. There's some magic here yeah, that hasn't been there for a I while. Mean, I really say. just a plan of where they're going with it. That's where the new that's where the new trilogy went wrong is they just had a new director every time and it just seemed like they lacked um, a broad plan and perspective on what they wanted to do with it. Yeah, I definitely feel like with these 
uh, that we have fan we have fans in command. <laughs> you know, Favreau and, and Dave is it uh, Filoni? I mean, they are such fans. It, did you guys watch uh, on Disney Plus? There's it's like under the helmet or behind the helmet. Yeah, the documentary. It's really good, and it basically just shows how they. I mean, they, they were going to have a, they were going to have several. They were going to have a, a whole troop of guys, so they created the suit. But then, like budget constraints, they just were going to have to keep it one guy. And he goes, George Lucas said, "Well, we'll make him a bounty hunter." But he even talks about the guy how he how he painted it silver, and then he painted it green on top and scratched it so that the it would look like metal underneath, and how he dented it. And it's it's like again. I, when you when you realize like all of this was just started with a costume, mm-hmm. you know, it started with a helmet that kind of mystified everybody because it had that medieval. I mean, they brought that in. You've got within the samurai and the western. Now you've got a medieval knight mm-hmm. look going on, and you know how how they just made it all work. Yeah. You know, it's a good. It's you should go check that out. It's it's. I will. And they 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 talk about the toys like some of the most expensive toys from the seventies, they're all like Boba Fett. This there's that they, they interview, interview a guy that's got like thousands of items in his collection and he, they show all this stuff. It's pretty that's amazing. Cool. Well, a cool thing before awesome. we wrap up a little question, cause I've seen it all over the internet and I want to see if you guys thought anything about this. So again, Dustin, you mentioned it. We get a little sneak peek of, of Grogu seeing order 66 and the Jedi being, uh, defeated and taken down by the clones. So now there's a question of how the heck did Grogu get out of the temple? Like, did someone take him away? Did the clones just not um, care for him? I mean, obviously they would have known he was a, training to be a Jedi. How do you guys think he got out of there? Do you guys have any guesses? I wondered that. I, and I also, it looked like he was, he was in a, pouch yeah. or he was in something wrapped up and so i thought is he on somebody's back is is someone holding him while yeah. this is happening or is he just standing yeah. there that's a great question i don't know well, got, maybe so little got, maybe he there's did. two there's <laughs> maybe, but we know anakin maybe, anakin killed them all exactly the younglings was the terrible line from uh pod yeah. and <laughs> maybe 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 he already had enough power maybe he did a well, Maybe so I saw two something. two guesses that are, one's educated, one's just a hope that really drew my attention. And the one that was just like, I don't think this could be true, but it would be really cool if it was true, was, you know, every, it seems like every Star Wars fan holds on to the fact that you never really see Mace Windu dead. And that when, even though he shoots him out of the window and electrifies him and he goes flying, that somehow Mace Windu survived. So there's, I've heard some people guess, okay, maybe he was undercover and nobody knew he was alive. So he was able to sneak in and get Grogu. But I don't know if that's really could be true, but the one I think is more um, probably like more likely that happened was it was R2D2. And that just like you said, dad, that you kind of see him, it's almost like he's looking through like a glass, like he's being held through some glass. Well, in the clone wars, uh, uh-huh. it goes through R2D2 is able to hold um, some stuff in his middle compartment so maybe Baby Yoda is able to fit in there because just like – so, again, Anakin slaughtering younglings during all this craziness. So maybe R2 knew. So he goes over to the temple to try and save some people, and Grogu's the only one he can fit. I mean, 
R2's like, it's the only <laughs> yeah. one small exactly. enough to get in my exactly. pouch. Exactly. So that was actually, I was like, oh my gosh, like that adds up. Like R2D2 could see it going south and dip and go get Grogu and then get out of there. And of course, none of the clones would have been trying to kill R2 because he's just a droid. Interesting. Yeah. Well, nice my theory. last question was, can, uh, at the very end, after the, after the credits, we see the, the bath and we see someone's in the bath. It looked like it was the, the marshal that we saw get shot by Cad Bane. It looked like he was the one in the bath this time, you know, and, you know, I, and, and Boba, made a comment that several people needed to take, spend some time, but we, we looked like we saw the marshal. Did you guys think that was the marshal? She didn't catch it. I'm yeah. going to have to watch it again. I, that, you're right. I think there is a mystery there. Well, and then a character turns around, uh, you know, that I, I, I didn't recognize. He's got, he was African American with long black hair and he pulls out some, light like a knife and you're like what's oh no no that's okay so my i do remember now okay so my assumption is and i could be wrong that they put the marshal in he's basically dead they're trying to revive him that's the guy who um member saves finnick that he um finnick shan so he's the guy that does all the modifications on the kids oh gotcha gotcha so he's going it has the saw out so he's starting to start operating on Whoever it is uh, in there, I think I thought it was the marshal. So I assumed it was the marshal, but hey, maybe it's Cad Bane. Hmm. Well, actually, I was going to say a minute ago that the one uh, I, I wish we could have gotten a little bit of the Darth Vader spinning out into the universe with Cad Bane because th- that if he's really gone, that was such a great villain. I would have liked for him to come back, and they were yeah. still having to. to to uh, deal with him, that would have been a great because that I don't know how you're going to top that villain. That was yeah, so good. Cool. It was so good. Absolutely. Well, hey, I could do. We're now an hour twelve minutes into this, so um, we <laughs> should we need to really wrap up. But we thank you guys for listening. And actually, I've I've really enjoyed this conversation today. I always love talking about. I think my favorite thing to do is to unpack all these shows yeah. that we love so much. Like, there's so much depth and meaning and stuff to pull out of there. Um, and so, and we're, I, I love, and since when you're a fan of it, it's just, it's just fun to talk about. It's like you would with your buddies in the car ride or whatever else. And, and I'm glad that you guys are all joining us with this. And if you have questions, if you want to get in on this conversation too, man, check us out at why I love Disney.com. Um, we're also on Twitter and Instagram. Check us out all those places. Also, if you wouldn't mind share this episode with somebody and leave us a five-star review either on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, wherever you can review. That helps us out and get the word out to more people. But more than anything, we thank you for your time and we appreciate you. David, JD, thanks for you guys for for, um, jumping in here with us today and can't wait till next time. All right. See you all next few times. times.